0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, now, we're going to talk today about lupus. Now, lupus is huge. When you're talking, it's almost uh, epidemic proportion. But where does it come from? Okay, that's the key. So let's look at the data. Now, we're going to be changing our True Health Tuesdays into a new format. The censorship that's prevalent is... Um, getting us everywhere. So we're going to be doing 10 to 15 minute of True Health Tuesday videos, but very, very clear, very concise. Um, it's just there's a lot of uh, subject matter that you can't post, um, such as uh, forced medical procedures, some injectables, some medical, and the censorship is getting larger or or more complex. So um, I encourage you to post your comments and questions below our videos, post it on, on where you get this, where it's live streamed or any comments. And we're going to follow up. We're going to post a follow up video with us answering those questions. And we're also going to be posting on on the Dr. BVIP. And within the next couple of months, we have a huge site coming up. Um, Now, what is lupus? According to the Mayo Clinic, You're looking at inflammation um, is going to be affecting joints, skin, kidneys, brain, heart, lungs. So lupus is a chronic inflammatory disease, except what you know is that inflammation is a healing process of the body. It's literally tissue repair. Um, Now, according to the National Institute of Health, the cause of lupus is not known. Researchers suggest that genes play an important role. Now, think of that, National Institute of Health. They shut down the entire country okay for something no worse than the flu destroying the economy oh yeah Um, and they don't know the cause of this condition okay well let's look at the American College of Rheumatology again they say it's important to realize that biomarkers okay describing their ports they're talking about pathophysiologic derangements in lupus Um, but they haven't found the cause And quote, these studies uh, on genetic markers of lupus susceptibility have yielded inconclusive results. That means it ain't genetic. So something above the genes is controlling this. And what could that something be? Well, when you look at the metabolism and clinical and experimental journal, um, epigenetic control. Now, genes are the blueprint of the body. They're not, um, they don't build every aspect of the body every time. Um, they're, they're, they're for producing proteins. Now, your body can produce proteins that cause cancer, produce proteins that eliminate cancer. Your body is producing proteins to regenerate uh, your kidneys, to regenerate your skin. You're producing proteins that will break down certain things. So so you're a protein-producing machine. Now, epigenetics means the control above the genes. Guess what? Every medication does it. Um, We're talking cholesterol, antidepressants, blood pressure drugs, uh, anti-inflammatories. This means every Advil, Motrin, Aleve, even Tylenol. Okay, anesthetics, contraceptives, antibiotics. All of these cause a change above the genes. So when you have a doctor saying, well, lupus, there's a genetic factor, really, what controls it? The body is going to have this control over what produces. it produces. However, medications and environmental stimulus can cause that epigenetic expression. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that heart disease, cancer, nerve and mental disorders, diabetes, leukemia, bipolar, schizophrenia, infertility, sexual dysfunction are all could be the result of our modern therapies where you're treating a symptom with a chemical? This article goes on to state, quote, consequences for modern medicine are profound, since it would imply that our current understanding of pharmacology is an oversimplification. So let's step back. Stop looking at what the the doctors that say they don't know where it comes from. What are the symptoms? Okay, you're looking at painful or swelling of the joints, muscle pain, um, fever with no cause, red rashes, chest pain, hair loss purple or pale fingers or toes, sensitivity to the sun, mouth ulcers, fulling gland. Okay, so now let's look at something, okay? You have um, phospholipid membranes around almost every cell you got. And this is, it's, it's actually, if you're taking in something similar to your cell membranes, you can have a problem. Now there's a thing called antiphospholipid syndrome. Now this is when your immune system attacks some of the normal proteins in your blood. Now just think of this. So you have certain proteins and your body is recognizing those proteins as bad. Okay, now of course uh, people say there's no cure for antiphospholipid syndrome. And what are the symptoms? deep vein thrombosis, miscarriages, stroke, TI transit ischemic attacks, neurologic symptoms, cardiovascular symptoms. So this is when the immune system is attacking some of those uh, phospholipid proteins. Now how can it do that? Well uh common sources are industrial produced phospholipids. So if your body is exposed to these and you're used to breaking it down, okay, Um, and then your body um, recognizes that you also have phospholipids, then you're going to be developing antibodies for those, particularly if you have a leaky gut and you get one of these industrial-produced phospholipids from soy or canola oil or sunflower, chicken eggs, bovine milk, fish, more. Okay, and this is in food, it's nutrition, it's in pharmaceuticals, cosmetics. It's everywhere. So if your body's exposed to this, it can... uh, Build antibodies to attack it now um, there 's a great article in the art, in the journal called lupus. The title of this is Environmental Exposures, Epigenetic Changes, and the Risk of lupus two thousand and fourteen and they talk about a dose dependent combination of environmental exposures to estrogenic hormones. okay what are these okay and this means plastic it means um, Uh, as estrogenic compounds such as birth controls it can be um, the hormones in the diet because we give our our um, women actually estrogen or female hormones for birth control Um, most pesticides are estrogen based so there is the exposure is horrific Now, just look back at your system you've got two controlling mechanisms One, you've got the electrical system or the nervous system. The other one, you have the hormonal-based system. Now, this is a chemical messenger, which are what hormones are. And you have the nervous system. Now, the hypothalamus happens to be one foot in the nervous system, one foot in the endocrine system or the hormonal system. So this is major for communicating to the body. Now, here's the problem. Hormones are chemical messengers, Um, And we're talking endocrine disruptors are things that are similar. They're like hormones, but not really hormones. Okay, they're called endocrine disruptors. So now we've got a problem where the body is, is having undigested phospholipids in the bloodstream because of leaky gut or industrial produced. Then your body builds antibodies towards those. Then you have these other exposure, the things that are like hormones, but not hormones. And again, it's in food, personal care products, cosmetics, Um, certain things we can't mention here, such as vaccines, can cause it, pharmaceuticals, pesticides, soil, water. It's everywhere. Now, so how do you correct? How do you correct this um, body that could have been damaged? Well, you have to have healthy hormones, okay? Because remember, hormones are chemical messengers, and you have to have healthy nerve supply. Why? Because the nervous system controls coordinates every function of the body. So now, if you're taking medications for a condition, find out why you're taking them. I mean, let's look at, uh, and just think of the, the big ones, high blood pressure. If you're taking drugs for high blood pressure, realize that there's probably nothing broken in your body, that there could be physical, chemical, emotional stress. So find somebody that's going to address those underlying causes and have your blood pressure normalized by addressing the underlying stressors. Same thing with cholesterol, same thing with type 2 diabetes, same thing with most bowel disorders. You've got to address the physical, chemical, and emotional stress. And when you do, you're going to be fantastic. Your system is going to start to work. Now, here's part of the lupus correction plan. You've got to optimize your gut flora. I mean, for one, you've got to look at physical stressors, okay, absolutely physical stressors. And that means you're going to get x-rays of the neck, mid-back, low-back. Um, You can also identify that if you have a bunion formation, that means that you have an unstable pelvis. So fix the physical stressors. Then optimize your gut flora. And how do you do that? With an organic plant-based diet. We're talking local seasonal foods. And healthy fats such as coconut oil or olive oil or ghee fermented veggies are fantastic probiotics prebiotics juiced vegetables blended fruits raw dairy um, um, and reduce your omega-6s and increase omega-3s now vitamin e is one of the greatest things in the world to help your body with inflammation it actually helps your body regenerate certain things and produce certain hormones Um, but where do you get it How about almonds, almonds, spinach, sweet potatoes, avocado? Oh, my gosh, who'd want an avocado? Wheat germ, butternut squash, trout, olive oil. There's so many good sources of vitamin E. Vitamin K2, fantastic. And this works in synergistic with vitamin D3. And where do you get it? From eggs, organic butter, Fermented foods, certain cheeses like brie and gouda. Oh, my gosh, this sounds delicious. Yeah, eat your your way to health. And UVB exposure from the sun is the best way to optimize your vitamin D levels. And I know it's crazy, but when you have an unhealthy gut flora, you can't be in the sun. You're going to burn. You're going to be attracting uh, mosquitoes, everything. So building the gut flora, addressing the physical, chemical, emotional stress, then getting optimal sunlight exposure. The problem is most people on the planet are not living close to the equator. So, you know, most of the planet, and I'm talking for six months out of the year, they don't get it. So supplementing with vitamin D3, and you're looking at adults that require about 8,000 international units a day. Now, factors to boost your DHEA levels. Now, this is going to be low sugar and carbohydrate diet. So you're going to look at fats and proteins. And I'm talking just if you saute spinach, okay, and garlic with coconut oil and salt and pepper, that's a low carb diet. That's high in in protein. Um, A diet rich in phytonutrients and trace minerals. And then this is going to be berries. It's going to be um, anything. Like if you're going to get um, different types of vegetables are going to have different types of nutrients. And how do you know? By looking at the colors of them. And then look at anti-inflammatory herbs. So start cooking with turmeric, ginger, rosemary, thyme, cinnamon. I'm telling you, yesterday in my coffee I put turmeric, cinnamon, and honey in there and cacao and just mix it up and that, that's a delicious coffee addition. And then look at healthy proteins. Look at wild caught fish. And I mean the, the small non-predatory ones like uh, anchovy, mackerel, sardine, grass fed meats, free range chicken, organic eggs. Look at regular sunlight exposure, vitamin D supplementation and regular exercise. This means every day in every way you move your body. And there's two different types, resistance and um, and aerobic. But if you're walking a half hour a day, and think of how simple this is, a half hour a day of walking, if you do that in 30 days, you walk 15 hours. Okay, when you're talking 15 hours, you do that every month, Um, what's your life going to be like? And to start off every day, with these twisting exercises that that we recommend. You'll see it on our lumbar exercises and our thoracic exercises. Um, But every joint, move every joint every day to keep healthy. Uh, If you can't do a sit-up yet, start doing little sit-ups. If you can't do a push-up yet, try leaning your body against a wall and just pushing with your light body weight. Build up to this. But move every joint every day. I mean, there is so much information on exercise and brain function, on omega-3 and lupus. And and this is huge. You're looking at um, reduction of lupus symptoms. And this is from Journal of Prostaglandins in the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases, the Journal of Rheumatology. What is the Journal of Rheumatology? In the management of SLE or systemic lupus erythematosus, um, dietary supplementation with fish oil may be beneficial in modifying symptomatic disease. And we know that Advil, Motrin, Aleve—we know these things destroy your kidneys, thicken up your blood, damage literally your entire system. So, if you're going to pick two supplements, look at omega threes and vitamin D three. Because vitamin D, it's a natural immune modulator. And you're looking at its depletion or diminished amount of vitamin D is literally implicated in most diseases. So this is why they're measuring vitamin D levels. And the microflora, this is the nutrients journal. um, They're looking at micro gut dysbiosis. So anything that damages that gut flora, is going to damage you this means any commercially produced spread anything that's been um, soaked in glyphosate so that's the commercially produced spread anything that's going to be have a a negative okay with your gut flora so this means any antibiotic any antibiotic soaked meats any um, glyphosate soaked veggies and also, when you look at most organic foods, if they have to cross state lines or country lines, even though they're grown organically, they have been sprayed with pesticides. And most pesticides are estrogen-based. So you've got to avoid those. So when we boil down the whole thing, we talk about what is the cause and solution for lupus. The cause, you're looking at not an immune system attacking itself, you're looking at a body breaking down, and this is because of an abnormal um, stimulus. There is multiple journal articles that talk about how um, vaccines and lupus, particularly um, the autoimmune conditions. And if you look at the natures of the Journal of Lupus, they say during the last decade, increasing reports regarding possible autoimmune side effects of vaccination have been published. In the Journal of Nature Reviews and Rheumatology, um, a rare hypersensitivity induced of infection and autoimmune do occur and can be severe and fatal. Um, Journal of Autoimmunity, the question of the connection between vaccines and autoimmune phenomenon is surrounded by controversy. Why can you not look into a medical procedure, particularly one that's forced? Because it's religion. Now, science is never static. Science is never settled, ever. You have got to be questioning why, because this is how the entire system progresses. If you look at all the thousands of medications that were approved and taken off the market, the hundreds of vaccines that were approved and taken off of the market, because they're doing damage. We have to remove the religiosity out of the healthcare industry, okay, and start putting patients first instead of industrial, um, uh, the mili- or the, uh, the medical industrial complex. Now, <laughs> I, the Journal of Autoimmunity. I encourage you to read this one. The Hepatitis B vaccine, and what does it say? Quote: A large series of uh, serious autoimmune conditions have been reported following the hepatitis B vaccine. And what did they say in some of, just taking the hepatitis B vaccine, um, they put multiple sclerosis, optic neuritis, vasculitis, arthritis, arthritis, alopecia, lupus, okay, thrombocytopenia and rheumatoid arthritis. And this is out of the Journal of Autoimmunity. So what if, what if, you're looking at this and you say, well, gee, doc, what's the risk of me getting hepatitis B? Okay. Knowing that that's a serum transmitted virus. So I would have to be sexually active um, with multiple partners or an IV drug user or be in an environment where I could transfer blood from somebody into my blood. Okay. So if you're not doing those activities, you're not at risk of the hepatitis B hepatitis A you can get from eating bad food okay so we have to review and think about healthcare in a completely different fashion completely different fashion so this means that if you are going to change how your system works if respect how your body is functioning absolutely that's the only way that you can do it When you're looking at your system, and I'm talking how your body regenerates, how you eliminate waste products, check your health the way that we do. What we do at our offices, and I'm at our office in Mexico right now, we do a full-body thermography, We do a rolling thermal scan, which is checking for temperature differential, checks for organ function. We do a surface electromyography, so we're measuring the muscle activity of each muscle on your spine. We're doing uh, heart rate variability, so we measure your autonomic nervous system. We take digital x-rays, stress digital x-rays of every area of concern. We do a live blood cell analysis. And with all of that, OK, you can find the physical and chemical stressors. And then if you can teach that person, you identify the problems and then you come up with a plan and you start correcting the patient. You still your job is only part way done now now you got to change the sleep patterns you got to change the emotional component and there's a lot of techniques for changing the emotional component such as um, neuro-linguistic programming or emotional freedom technique or eye movement desensitization response and then get educated on how to change your circadian rhythms or educating patients on deep sleep protocols so, think of this. You fix the sleep patterns. you heal the gut so the body can start to regenerate healthy tissue. You change the emotion component at the same time you 're addressing the physical component and you 're monitoring this by looking at the at the health of the blood through a live blood cell analysis and then you could do detoxing nutrients if you 've had certain um, You know, medical interventions that may be loaded with heavy metals are causing damage to your system. You may have to do chelation. You may just need to do nutrients coming in. You can do a hyperbaric chamber. There are so many options other than taking a chemical that has a myriad of side effects. So this, look at the cause. If you have a doctor that is diagnosing you with the disease, but yet he's not going to tell you where it comes from because he doesn't know. He's going to say, we just don't know. Like he's royalty, plural. No fire that guy and find somebody to look for the physical, chemical, emotional stress. And you realize that lupus is an adaptation. It's your body doing everything it can to adapt to a deficient, toxic, dangerous environment. It's cannibalizing your system in order to keep alive. You change your system, you change how your body regenerates, and you go from breaking down to building up, baby. Okay, this is Dr. John Bergman, your health of reason, your voice of reason. I mean, take care of yourself. You're made in the image and likeness of God. God bless you, and I love you.